0: Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to the pod. Happy Wednesday. I am recording this from my bedroom, which is the first time I've ever done that. I normally record in this little room in my building, but it was occupied. And so we're we're pivoting, but I hope it doesn't impact the audio quality. I don't think it will. All will be fine. But... I am really excited for today's episode. Thank you all for being patient. Last week, I was like, I have so much stuff to do. How am I going to record and edit and get everything ready by Monday? And then I was like, wait, no one is paying me to do this. No one is making me do this. And I make the rules. So I'm just going to delay it a few days. Like, how fun is that? I can just make the rules. So thank you for being patient and thank you for being understanding. Today's episode, we're going to talk about all things skincare, and I want to lead with this. I'm obviously not yet a licensed esthetician. I'm not a doctor. I'm not a plastic surgeon. I'm not a dermatologist. I have no credentials at this point in time. I am not giving you medical guidance. I'm not telling you what to do, but I am someone who has been consuming A lot of skincare content for the last four years with the mindset of hopefully one day making it a career path. And I've had a different lens during my time of seeking out content and education from credentialed professionals. Again, with that mindset of hopefully making it part of my career one day. So I do know a thing or two about a thing or two, but I don't know everything about everything. So I'm not gonna talk about anything. That I don't know. I'm not going to talk out of my ass. I'm just going to have a fluid conversation with you guys about my journey with skincare, my philosophy on skincare, some things I wish I knew, some little tips that I feel like everyone should know, and generally just try to break a lot of this down because in the world of beauty and skincare content on all these platforms, it can feel so overwhelming. And Like, what the fuck am I doing? Where do I start? What is right for me? And the fact of the matter is, is that skincare and beauty is a business. That's the first thing. Like, all this content that's being pushed out, a lot of it has, you know, a money mindset behind it. These brands have money mindsets behind them. And generally speaking, there's just so much overconsumption of like skincare and beauty products. Because everyone feels like, oh, I saw someone who it changed their life. It changed their skin. It's going to work for me. So they buy it. And then it doesn't work for them. And not only does it not work for them, but maybe it makes them break out or they have some sort of reaction and it makes things worse. So that's just the first thing is like skincare is a business. And also it is highly nuanced. What works for some people is not going to work for you. Our skin is our largest organ. It is unique and personal to us, and the type of skincare routine or skincare concerns that you're going to have is going to vary based on who you are, where you live, what kind of skin type you have, what your concerns are, all of those things. So just understand that this is a personal, unique thing to you. It is not a catch-all, what works for everyone else is going to work for me. So I wanted to just lead with that. So, a little bit of background. My journey with skincare really started in 2018. I'm going to just do the spark notes of this, but I went to Bali. I lived in Bali for a few months. I got a parasite there. And when I came back to the States and I got rid of the parasite, I gained a bunch of weight back because I had lost so much weight from the parasite. And then I also started breaking out in acne all over my cheeks. And this was my first experience with acne. I had never thought about it before. I don't even know what my skincare routine was in high school or college. I I don't think I I had one at all. Um, So this is my first introduction to acne and having bad skin, and it really affected my mental health. I was so insecure. I was so self-conscious. And at the time, I was about to move to San Diego to start my first job um, in corporate America. And I did not want to have to deal with having bad skin, and it was really weighing on me. So I ended up going on spironolactone. And and spironolactone really helped. It is a medication that I think was primarily used for blood pressure before, but it also helps with regulating like your testosterone or your oil production. So it can help with hormonal acne. And I was on it for a couple months. I want to say like six months. And then I went off of it and I didn't have any reaction after I went off of it. Like my acne just went away, but I... Looking back, I'm grateful for spironolactone, but if I was having a flare up now, I would try to not go on spironolactone. Not saying that spironolactone is bad. And I also should just say, like, if anything I say is in disagreement with what you're doing now, but it's working for you, like, that's cool. Like, we're good. Like, you don't need to go change anything you're doing because of what I say. If something's working for you, a routine is working for you, a product is working for you, and I might not be a fan of it, like, that is all good. Just keep doing what you're doing, okay? Because I don't want to contribute to the overwhelm that is skincare content. In fact, the opposite. I really hope to dumb some of this down in this video or in this podcast episode. So keep doing what you're doing if it works for you. But yeah, spironolactone can be really effective, but I do think it's also a band-aid. So that's really where my journey with skincare began. And While I was trying to fix my skincare issues before the spironolactone really started working, before I got prescribed, I was throwing everything at my face. I was like Googling everything that's good for acne, putting on crazy masks and then spot treatments and like using all these active ingredients, over exfoliating. And my skin in turn was getting so much worse because I was just throwing so much at my skin and I knew nothing about skincare and I was desperate. So I was just like buying and trying everything. And now looking back, I'm like, oh my God, girly, no, please stop. So that's really how my journey with skincare, my fascination with skincare started was with my first experience with acne in 2018 because I basically had perfect skin before that. Okay, let's get down to business and unpack my morning routine. So my philosophy on the morning and the night Is that the morning should be simple and consistent. And the morning is about protection. What I mean by protection is protection from the environment, protection from the sun, protection from whatever you're about to walk into, because our skin is the armor that we wear against our environment. Let's remember, it is literally our largest organ, and it is the thing that is standing between us and the outside world. So the morning to me is simple, consistent, and about protection against the environment. And then the evening is where things get a little bit more, I don't want to say complicated because I don't want to intimidate anyone, but it's where I switch up my routine sometimes from day to day and where I am putting my skin to work. Because when we're asleep, there's skin cell turnover. We're not in the sun. That's when I'm using, my active ingredients, the things that are actually working on the skin like retinols, exfoliants, all that jazz. So for me, the morning, like I said, simple. I wake up and I wash my face with a gentle cleanser. I used to be really anti-washing my face in the morning because I had this mindset that because my skin is a little bit more dry and sensitive and irritated that I needed to hold on to those natural oils. And while I can see where that version of myself was coming from, I now know that, especially if the night before I exfoliated or used retinol, I had some sort of buildup on top of my skin. It's just sitting on top of my skin. And now I know it's important for me to cleanse that off before doing the rest of my morning skincare routine. Because if I don't cleanse it off, then it won't even penetrate the skin and my skin will Essentially just be dirty. So it's very important that I use a gentle cleanser, something that's not stripping, something that's super, super gentle. And I found a few that work really well for me. By the way, I'm going to do my best to be organized and actually link to things in the show notes. I have a playlist of podcasts with really educational skincare content. Um, and I'm gonna add links to all the products that I've mentioned. But so here are some of the cleansers that I love that are very gentle and good for me for the morning. I have my Is Clinical Cleansing Complex that is my BFF. I love this cleanser. It's a simple gel cleanser, very effective. So most mornings I will use this. I also love the Dermalogica gel cleanser. I love the Indie Lee Nourishing Cleanser. I believe that's what it's called. It's very, very hydrating, very simple. But if you're on a budget, there's honestly something to be said for drugstore cleansers like La Roche-Posay, CeraVe. They have a lot of good options. I feel like cleansers are an area where you can definitely cut costs and just have something from the drugstore that's not overpriced. But for right now, I'm typically using the Is Clinical Cleansing Complex. And you want to look for something super gentle. Like I would never use something with active ingredients in the morning personally. So that's my cleanser. Then if I have time, I will use my Dr. Dennis Gross LED mask. I love the Dr. Dennis Gross mask. I purchased this with my own money. And I say that because I was also gifted the Therabody red light mask that is double the price and way more high tech in terms of like the amount of lights that are actually distributed throughout the mask. So there was a lot more lights in the TheraBody mask, but the TheraBody mask is a nine-minute session versus the Dr. Dennis Gross mask is a three-minute session. And the TheraBody mask doesn't have a mouth hole, so sometimes I get a little claustrophobic. But if I have nine minutes, I will use the TheraBody one. Like, there's nothing wrong with it, and it's definitely really effective. But if you're new to this and you just want to invest in a red light mask, just go with Dr. Dennis Gross mask. But what I will say is, If you are not willing to be consistent, don't invest in a red light mask because you have to use this like every single day to actually see the benefits. So if you're not going to use it at least five days out of the week, if not seven, then just don't do it. Just don't do it because you won't see the results. And this is something, and honestly, with all skincare, you have to be consistent, but specifically with something like a red light mask, I think consistency is really important to see the results, but really good for reducing inflammation. Working on hyperpigmentation, reducing breakouts, it kills bacteria. Like there's a whole slew of benefits, but again, you have to be consistent. So that's why I think the Dr. Dynosco Mask is the perfect one because it's a shorter session. And you want to use that on clean, dry skin. So that's why I use it right after I cleanse. And if you do get the red light mask, just make sure that you are once in a while cleaning it out with like an alcohol wipe because we are putting it on our face. And so we just want to make sure that it stays clean. So I will use the red light mask. And then after, I will use a vitamin C or a vitamin C alternative. Now, I used to be really sensitive to vitamin C. I still am, but I was really scared to use vitamin C products because I had tried a few that had broken me out in literal hives all over my face. I'll try to find a photo. So I just was too scared to try anything. But I found the Caudalie Vino Perfect, which is a vitamin C alternative, and it does a lot of the same things as a vitamin C. It's packed with niacinamide. It's really good for hyperpigmentation. It's really good for reducing pore size. Like I just love the Caudalie Vino Perfect. It will always be something I have in my cabinet. But I recently in the last couple of months found the Is Clinical Pro Heal Serum. It is a vitamin C and it is super gentle. It was recommended to me by multiple skincare professionals. I've heard it mentioned by many estheticians and dermatologists on podcasts. It's so good. It is definitely pricey but I keep coming back for it and everything is clinical. I purchase with my own money. I have never been gifted, but if you're watching this is clinical, please, I'll tell you where I live. Like, I, I feel like I deserve it. Anywho, I love the ProHeal serum. This is amazing. It has been such a gift and I just, I love this serum, but I do alternate between this and the Vino Perfect. And if you talk to any skincare professional, whether it's a dermatologist, a plastic surgeon, an esthetician, like across the board, they're going to say that a non negotiable in your skincare routine should be a vitamin C. It's an antioxidant. It protects against the environment, the free radicals, air pollution. It's going to brighten the skin. It's going to be anti aging. It just does all of the things. So a vitamin C in your skincare routine, I think, is a non negotiable. That is where I stand. Now, moving on from the vitamin C, I mentioned before our skin is our protection against the environment and our skincare can fluctuate based on the season. So, being in New York, it's dry and cold as fuck right now. So, I have added on something to add extra moisture before I do my moisturizer and my SPF. I need something else just to plump the skin. And I'm going to shout out three products that I've been loving that I've tried and been using actively in this winter season that have just been so helpful. The first is the is clinical hydrocool serum. The is clinical hydrocool serum is one of my favorites because it has this nice cooling effect on the skin. This whole line like everything is clinical is really good for people with sensitive skin but this particular product is just like it's just like cracking a bottle. It, like I said, has that cooling effect. If you have rosacea or an acne flare-up, this is also going to feel really nice on top of that because it's just very calming. But it just adds an extra boost in the winter for me. Like I said, I'm very prone to redness and irritation and just like dry, itchy skin. So this has been a game changer for me. But again, it is at a higher price point. Another plumping situation that I've been loving is the Shadi Darden Moisture Boost Plumping Serum. This is so nice under foundation, too. I just have to shout that out. But everything Shawnee Darden touches turns to gold. If you don't know who that is, she's a celebrity facialist, esthetician with many, many years of experience and developed her own line. And everything in that line is incredible. I've tried every single one of her products. But this is a newer product to her line, and I actually did a partnership with them, which is how I was introduced to this product. And it's so nice. It's just literally going to make your skin look like a dewy dumpling, truly. The other product I'm going to shout out, but I don't have on hand because I need to restock it, is the Dermalogica Pro Collagen Banking Serum. I love this product. I got it in a PR package, and I am about to repurchase it. I like. I need to pause, honestly, to repurchase it so that I don't forget. But it just feels so nice on the skin, very plumping, very hydrating, and it just also wears so nice under makeup. But again, just adds that extra element of moisture between your skin and the environment before you put on your moisturizer or SPF. But again, these are nice-to-haves. I don't think they're must-haves for everyone. If you are someone with dry, sensitive skin, then these are great to have in your routine. There are some others that I can look into and recommend when I drop everything in the links, but these are the three that I have been loving. Okay, now we can move on to moisturizer. And just to recap, so so far we're just at cleanser, vitamin C, or a vitamin C alternative like the Caudalie Vino Perfect, and I added on a hydrating serum because it's winter and I'm very, very dry. So that's where we're at right now. And now we're moving on to moisturizer and SPF. If you are looking to streamline your skincare routine for the morning, if you're a mom or if you're just someone who's like constantly in a rush, I recommend finding a moisturizer that also has SPF in it so that you could just stack those two into one product. One that I love is the Dermalogica SPF 50. Let me actually find the exact name. It's the Dermalogica Dynamic Skin Recovery, and it's SPF 50. I have pretty much been using this alone as like a moisturizer SPF for a while now. So I'm going to look and do some other options for combo moisturizers with SPF. But off the top of my head, I'm thinking La Roche-Posay. I've seen a lot of people use that. And La Roche-Posay in general is just like a great affordable line that you can get at the drugstore. But for me, I when I'm in a rush, I just stack the two into one with the Dermalogica Dynamic Skin Recovery because it's a moisturizer and SPF 50, and it actually leaves my skin feeling moisturized and not just like I threw a layer of SPF on my skin. But on most days, candidly, I use a moisturizer and then I follow it with an SPF. So let's talk moisturizers because this is the products that I'm most passionate about. And I'm going to start off with my tried and true, the Ole Henriksen Peptide Boost. It comes in a little purple jar. You've probably seen me post about it a bajillion times. I love this moisturizer. It is so good for repairing the skin barrier. It's very firming. It doesn't leave you feeling greasy. It just plumps the skin in this gorgeous way. And it is a staple moisturizer for me. I will be using this for years and years and years. I fucking love this moisturizer. I also love the Dermalogica Stabilizing Repair Cream. This is also great for repairing the skin barrier. And I also love the Honey Halo by Pharmacy. So those are some moisturizers that I love. I have tried a ton of different moisturizers. I was on the Augustina Spotter rich cream train for a long time, specifically leading up to my wedding. But I just, I candidly, I don't think it's worth $300. Like, we don't need to be spending $300 on moisturizer, period, end of discussion. But again, those are just some that are sitting in my top shelf, and I will drop in some links to other good options that are affordable when I link in the show notes. And then for SPF, I love the Summer Fridays uh, shade drops. I also love a tinted SPF, which I feel like a lot of us are about that life. And for me, you probably know this if you follow me, it's all about the CLE cosmetics uh Skin tint. It's SPF 50. It literally makes your skin look so even and beautiful. I wear this as a foundation all the time, but it's like a ride or die for me. And that's that on that. But I know a lot of people love the Elta MD SPF. I know a lot of people love the Kosas SPF. That's like a tinted moisturizer as well. I've tried that. I really like that. But I just always come back to the CLE. So that's my morning routine. Simple, consistent, to the point. To recap, cleanse, red light mask if I have time, vitamin C, a hydrating serum, moisturizer, SPF. Those are my non-negotiables. Sometimes I will dabble with an eye cream. I'll talk more about this in the evening routine that we're going to go into because that's a little more complicated and varies night to night. But that's the morning routine. So, now let's talk nighttime routine. And this is where things are gonna take a turn and I'm gonna go on a few tangents. I was introduced, like many others, to the concept of skin cycling a few years back. Skin cycling, if this is the first time you're hearing about it, is a term that was coined by Dr. Whitney Bowe, who is a dermatologist. And it's not this new fancy thing that you need to go buy, it's not like a whole skincare plan that you need to go out and buy. It is just a term used to describe how to optimally have a nighttime skincare routine. You can think about it almost like a workout plan for your skincare. You wouldn't go to the gym and do your hardest workout three days in a row. No, you would need to rest in between. And that same concept can be applied to skincare, which is the whole premise behind skin cycling. So skin cycling is like a schedule or a calendar year for your skincare to keep you on track so that you're not overdoing it. A lot of times people who are you know newer to skincare or just consuming a lot of content, they're like buying all of these products with all of these active ingredients in it and then they're using them together and their skin's getting irritated. Their skin barrier is all disrupted because they don't even know that they're using all of these active ingredients together. They just don't know how to use these products or in what frequency to use these products. So that's why skin cycling was introduced. So it's literally a routine, a calendar year for your skincare. I'm going to explain. The traditional skin cycling schedule is a four-night cycle. So let's just start from the top. Monday night would be exfoliation night. Tuesday night would be retinol night. And then Wednesday and Thursday would be your rest nights. What I mean by rest nights is no active ingredients. You would just focus on hydration and restoring the skin barrier, not using anything with acids, not using any retinol, not using anything crazy. You're literally just making sure your skin is clean and hydrated. And then you would start from the top after those two rest nights. So it would be Monday exfoliate, Tuesday retinol, Wednesday and Thursday rest, and then Friday exfoliate, Saturday retinol. Sunday, Monday rest. You see what I'm saying? But it is totally customizable to you, your skin type, and what your skin can tolerate. So for me, I was doing the four night cycle for a while, and then I realized my skin could tolerate a little more. So right now, I do a three night cycle. I exfoliate, and then the next night I use retinol, and then I rest, and then I start again. So it's exfoliate, retinol, rest, exfoliate, retinol, rest. That is what My skin cycle looks like right now. And I'm going to talk about the products that I use each of those nights, but just think of skin cycling as a tool. It is like a workout plan for your skincare. And it just is designed to keep you on track, to avoid overdoing it and causing irritation, because that's, I feel like, the case for a lot of us. And it also allows for your skin to reach optimal results by using your skincare most effectively. Because if you use things in the proper order of operations, your skincare will work more effectively. So let's start with exfoliation night. Exfoliation is one of those tricky things because people are either completely overdoing it and exfoliating way too much, or they're not exfoliating at all. There's really like not a ton of in-between, I feel like. And that's why I love skin cycling because it keeps you in line of knowing like, okay, when did I last exfoliate? Am I overdoing it? Is my skin disrupted? Skin cycling keeps me on track. So starting off with exfoliation night, I start with my cleanse. And something I just want to call out is that I feel like a big thing that people are missing as it relates to skincare is that they're not cleansing their skin well enough. So I double cleanse every single night. That's just what works for me personally. I start with an oil based cleanser to break down any makeup or debris that is sitting on the top layer of my skin. If you're wearing a lot of makeup, honestly, like on a night out, I triple cleanse. So I will use an oil cleanser. And then I'll, I mean, I'll walk you through that in a bit. But start with an oil based cleanser to break down all of the makeup that's on your face, all the dirt that's sitting on top of your face, and cleanse that off. Then I go in with a gel based cleanser. I, again, use the Isclinical Cleansing Complex or the Dermalogica Gel Cleanser, and that's my second cleanse. If you're not cleansing your skin properly, the rest of your products are not going to penetrate into the skin. So it's almost like pointless. So you really need to make sure you're cleansing your skin thoroughly because if you're not, your products won't work. You'll also get congested. Breakouts will happen. Especially if you're a heavy makeup wearer, please make sure you are cleansing your skin enough and using the right kind of cleanser for your skin. Like I said, some nights if I'm going out and I'm wearing a full face of makeup, I will triple cleanse. So I'll do the oil cleanser, the gel cleanser, and then I will do a foaming cleanser just to really get everything off the skin. So the nights where I exfoliate, there's a couple of different options. And I just want to break down exfoliation as a whole. There's a couple different ways you can exfoliate. There's physical exfoliants, so think of something like a scrub that's going to actually physically scrub the dead skin cells off of your face. Then there are chemical exfoliants. I love a chemical exfoliant. I find those are what work best for me and what allow my skin to actually glow. So I love a chemical exfoliant. And then there's enzymatic exfoliants, which actually are really good for people with sensitive skin because they just break down like that top layer without going any deeper. That's the best scientific way that I can think of to describe it at this moment in time. But as I get licensed, I will try to explain it um, a bit more thoroughly. So I typically do a chemical exfoliant. So think of something like, okay, the Dr. Dennis Gross peel pads, chemical exfoliant. Um, uh, AHA or lactic acid serum, that's chemical exfoliant. A physical exfoliant would be something like the Dermalogica Microfoliant. That's like a very, very gentle physical exfoliant. But you know what I'm talking about, like the beads. I don't love them because they're rough on the face. The only one that I really use is the Dermalogica because it's so gentle. And this is amazing for someone with sensitive skin who wants to exfoliate more frequently but doesn't want to strip the skin. Get the Microfoliant but I am typically a chemical exfoliant girly. So this is what I will do. After I cleanse, I will use the Is Clinical Active Serum. This is such a beautiful exfoliant. I have loved it. It has kind of a tingly effect and it just leaves me glowing the next day. Like this is perfect for me. And I know many others absolutely love this product as well. So I'm not alone there. But I also want to throw out some other options and things that I have used and loved. Like I said, I used to use the Dr. Dennis Gross two step peel pads. I think these are great. I think they're easy. They're good to travel with. It comes in a large pack. I just think it's perfect. Also, the second step, like being more hydrating, is really good for someone who's introducing themselves into the world of exfoliating consistently. So I love the Dr. Dennis Gross peel pads. I also love the Colleen Rothschild Vicolic Peel Pads. Those are great. I love the Shawnee Darden Lactic Acid. I love the Pharmacy Honey Glow, or is it the Halo Glow? I forget what it's called exactly, but I love those. So I will put this again all in links, but an exfoliating serum is a must for me. And I've talked about this before. I don't want to get too nuanced. I don't want to throw anyone off. But once a month, I use the Shawnee Darden Triple Acid Peel. This is like a luxe at-home chemical peel treatment. It's not for everyone. It's not for people with sensitive skin or eczema. But once a month, I do that to completely reset my skin. After I use the Active Serum or the peel pads, I go in with the hyaluronic acid serum that I mentioned before, the Is Clinical or the Shawnee Darden. And then I moisturize. So it's really not very complex. It just is more complex in that it, the routine varies from night to night. So after I exfoliate, I make sure to use something that is very nourishing because I am you know, I want to restore the skin barrier after kind of exfoliating off the dead skin cells. So I'll use the Ole Henriksen or the Dermalogica Stabilizing Repair Cream. Same same moisturizers that I use in the morning, honestly. Then let's talk retinol night. For cleansing, I do the same exact routine for cleansing. Then I will use the Shani Darden Retinol Reform. This is a beautiful product. A lot of you asked me about my thoughts on tretinoin. Again, I'm just going to disclaim, if you are using tretinoin and it works for you, more power to yeah, don't change anything. But I personally don't think you should have to suffer. I think there are plenty of retinoids that you can get over the counter that are just as effective and also have other nourishing ingredients along with the retinoid. So it's just way easier on the skin without the irritation or like purging that comes with a prescribed tretinoin or retinoid. And that's just what I have found works best for me. I just feel like my skin started to get paper thin with tretinoin and I just personally don't love it. So that's my stance on it. I love the Shawnee Darden retinol reform. It's just beautiful. It does what it needs to do as far as the retinol and the anti-aging, but it's also packed with other ingredients that are still nourishing. So my skin doesn't feel itchy and dry and irritated and completely stripped. So I just personally love that. And then same thing, I follow it up with a moisturizer. I don't even use a hydrating serum on the retinol night. I just follow it up with a moisturizer. And then the next night, I, same thing, cleanse. I just skip all of the active ingredients. But something I've been recently doing is instead of just using my hyaluronic acid after cleansing, I have been using the Caudalie Resveratrol collection. They have a serum and a moisturizer. And resveratrol is an anti-aging compound. And this technology is patented by Caudalie. And it's like really incredible if you start to look into it. It comes from grapes. It's really cool and really interesting if you want to nerd out. But so on the third night, I use the resveratrol serum and then the resveratrol moisturizer from Caudalie. And... That way, I'm like really honing in on the anti-aging and the, you know, fine lines and wrinkles that I want to target, but without the kind of like over irritation that could be caused if I was just using a retinol again. So this is what's worked for me. But that's that's the nighttime routine. And then I start from the top the next night. So I exfoliate one night, retinol the next night. And then the third night, I use the Caudalie Resveratrol Collection. And that is my rest night in quotations. But if you are thinking about your rest night and your recovery night, whether it's one night or two nights, it should just be very simple, hydrating ingredients, focus on restoring your skin barrier, and by like chilling your skin out after it just did a lot of work the last two nights. That is how you should be thinking about it maybe you get like a sheet mask like a hydrating sheet mask and you know that's your like little extra uh added hydration component that's a good idea or just literally like a hyaluronic acid and moisturizer keep it simple but focus on resting and using no active ingredients the rest nights but like i said skin cycling is totally customizable maybe you're more sensitive and you need two rest nights or maybe you need three rest nights in between like it's totally customizable the point of it is to keep you on track so you're not just like oh what did i do last night and forget that you exfoliated and then you exfoliate and again and again and again exfoliation is very important because it is the gateway to hydration. Like a lot of us think, oh, I don't want to exfoliate because I don't want to strip my skin. But exfoliating is so important because it gets off that dead layer of skin that is sitting on the surface so the rest of your products can penetrate deeper. And it's really important. It's what's going to make your skin glow. But again, at the same time, you don't want to overdo it. So you have to find the right thing that works for you. There's a lot of really harsh exfoliants out there. So you just... You want to look into what's most effective for your skin type and do it in a way that is regulated and consistent but not overdoing it, which is why I love skin cycling. And even if you have to put a post-it on your mirror and write down each order and each day that you do things, it's just it's good to keep yourself on track. Okay, now we're going to go into Q&A because I got a lot of good questions from you guys and I don't want to focus too much on my skincare routine. I want to answer your questions. Okay, we're back. I had to do a brief intermission to get a smoothie, but I'm here and I'm nourished. So let's dive into the Q&A because I got a lot of good questions from you guys and I want to answer as many as possible. How do I layer my skincare products? Like what order do I use my skincare? Great question. and one that many people asked. The correct order, to my understanding, is obviously first you start with cleansing. You want to start with a clean face. On a night where you're exfoliating, like let's say you're using a peel pad, you would do that first and then you'd go in with the rest of your steps. But if you're not, you would just go cleanse your toner, your essence. I personally don't use a toner or an essence very regularly. If I do, it's like an extra fun step, but it's not part of my everyday routine. And then you do your serums and you want to go thinnest to thickest. That way everything can penetrate in that order. And then you do your eye cream if you use one and then your moisturizer. I just learned that. I never understood where to put the eye cream, but it's before your moisturizer. So, cleanse, serums, thickest thinnest to thickest, and then eye cream and moisturizer. But let's say a, there's like a different use case here that I just want to call out. So I use Mask Vivant by Biologie Rocher. I never know if I'm saying that right because I'm not French. I'm from New Jersey. And I love that product. When I use it, I cleanse, I do the mask, and then when I rinse it off I go in with everything else. So I just wanted to add that use case in case you're like, where do I put a mask in all of this? You would do that on a clean face. And then once you rinse it off, follow it up with all of your other products. What treatments have you done and which ones are worth it? This is a great opportunity for me to run through what I've done. So I do Botox in my forehead and my crow's feet. I also did it in my masseter uh, back in October. And I'm almost at a point where I can feel it wearing off and I probably need to go back and do it again. Botox in my master's has changed my life. I used to think that it didn't do anything to my face, but I was actually looking back at old TikToks yesterday because I was reorganizing like my playlists on TikTok and it definitely slimmed my face out a little bit. Like my face looked more boxy just because of the tension of the muscles around my jaw area. So I definitely think it did make a difference slightly in facial slimming. But that being said, you shouldn't go do masseter Botox in hopes that it slims out your face. It's not going to slim out your face unless you have like tension and inflammation from your masseter muscles being too strong, so much so that it's creating a boxy effect around your jaw area. Like, if you don't have that, you're not going to see any facial slimming. Also, in general, you shouldn't do it for facial slimming. Like, if your masseter muscles are so strong that it's creating a boxy appearance on your face, it's also probably causing you headaches, discomfort. Like, I used to go to bed and feel like I had a bowling ball on my head. And after I got masseter Botox, I felt this insane relief. So don't do it in hopes that it slims out your face. If you have really intense masseter muscles and it's causing you pain, chances are it will probably slim out your face because you probably have inflammation from the muscles causing so much tension around your jaw. So that's what I do. I do Botox. I've never done any filler. I did do PRP on my under eyes at Everybody. I did two sessions. And if you're not familiar with PRP, I got a lot of questions to review the PRP. So let's just talk about it. It stands for platelet-rich plasma. And basically what they do is they draw your blood, they put it in this machine, and it separates your blood cells and your platelets. And then they re-inject your platelets into your under eyes to create a filler-like effect that helps with dark circles and hollowness under your eyes. Sorry if you just heard scratching at the door. Sunny does not know if she wants to be in or out of the room, make a decision. Anywho, I did two sessions of PRP on my under eyes. You can also do PRP on your face. I know there's a lot of places that do it like in conjunction with microneedling, but it has a lot of benefits. For me, I had the luxury of being able just to try it out because I had a partnership with everybody I know that it's very expensive, like it's in the thousands, and you have to do three to four sessions to really see the benefits. It is a great option if you are looking for an alternative to filler and you are someone who really struggles with your appearance of your under eyes. I think it's a great option. I have definitely seen a difference. It wasn't as drastic for me as some other people that I know because my under eyes weren't that much of a concern. I saw a lot more of a difference in terms of like the hollowness of my under eyes. My under eyes feel a lot more filled out, almost like if I got filler. Apparently it lasts two years. I don't know if that's the case because it hasn't been two years for me yet. I got it for the first time in October and then I went back like six weeks later. But It is a great option. It is expensive, though, so just keep that in mind. But if you are going to do this, please go somewhere like everybody or somewhere that really knows what they're doing because it's intense. For me, it hurt a lot. For other people, they said it wasn't that bad. I just felt like it was really uncomfortable. The downtime is 24 hours. You look like you got punched in the face after, but then you're fine. So it's a great option if you're looking for an alternative to filler. I love hydrofacials. I've done a ton of hydrofacials in my day. Love hydrofacials. They just suck all of the gunk out of your face, really clean out your skin, and then replenish your skin with hydration. So I love a hydrofacial. It's a very standard facial and can be really good if you're like leading up to a wedding or an event or something. So I love hydrofacials. I did do Clear and Brilliant twice it de- definitely helped me with my like texture and sunspots and i i liked it but i'm not crazy about it unless you really really need it like go also to a place if you're doing anything with lasers please for the love of god go somewhere really really reputable this is not an area where you should be cutting costs same with botox anything with needles or lasers do not try to cut corners just save your money and wait until you can go to someone who is very reputable That's what I will say. But I did do Clear Brilliant twice. It helps a lot with texture. It helps a lot with sunspots. All of the things. But it's not something that I am like obsessed with. I also love buckle massages. I Love, love, love buckle massages, buckle facials. I get it at Kareen Kazarian in the West Village for the girls who are in New York. They are amazing. And this is basically a facial massage where they go inside of your mouth, they massage your buckle area. I did this before I got Masseter Botox because I just had so much tension in my jaw. I was like, I need relief. And It's amazing. It's just literally like a facial sculpting massage. If you are looking for something to like sculpt and snatch your face before an event, this is the massage for you. A lot of questions about red light therapy and if it's worth it. And I think I addressed this earlier on in the episode. But yes, I think it's worth it, but only if you are willing to commit to doing it consistently. Because if you're just going to use it two or three times a week, you're not going to see the benefits. You're just not. But if you use it consistently, yes, it will help you with all of the things collagen produ- production, fine lines, wrinkles, breakouts. Like it's just amazing for treating inflammation. It's honestly fantastic, but only if you're going to use it consistently. Favorite places to get skincare? Love this question. I am a big fan of Dermstore because it carries. Only the best products. Like, I love Sephora for makeup, but there are only a handful of brands at Sephora that I think are really quality skincare brands. And that's just me being totally honest. And the ones that are great from Sephora are probably carried at Durham Store, except for like Shawnee Darden and Ole Henriksen. But yeah, Durham Store, I love. If I'm getting something like Mask Vivant, which is Biologique Rocher, and that's not something you can go like buy on Amazon or buy from Sephora, you could get that on a retailer like Joanna Check. That's where I order it from. Or you can go into like a spa near you that is a Biologique Rocher spa, and that's where you will be able to get their line. They are very exclusive on where they sell. So just make sure you're Getting it from a verified retailer, so yeah, I would say mostly Dermstore, and some Sephora. Violet Gray is great too. They carry a lot of great brands as well. How can I get my skin to stop being so puffy without giving up alcohol or getting the new face? This is an interesting question. Inflammation is caused by a lot of different things, like I'm gonna just be honest, alcohol is. Not great for your skin. I'm sorry. I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but it's just not. And I love a drink from time to time. I haven't drank in over four months and my skin has never looked better. And I think that's a big reason why. But alcohol just disrupts your sleep. It causes inflammation. Like it just does a bunch of bad things for your skin. I don't think you need to give up alcohol. But if you want some puffy hacks, I would say, look up how to do lymphatic drainage massages like on your face or gua sha. I don't personally gua sha because it irritates my skin sometimes. If I do gua sha, I do it in the shower with a cleanser instead of an oil and that allows me to be able to do it. But I do some sort of facial massage on myself every single day and that helps me be less puffy I would also say the Skinny Confidential Ice Roller is a major key. I love this product. It is so worth it, in my opinion. Stop buying the $5 ones from Amazon. They're just going to break over and over again. And the Skinny Confidential one will never break, I promise. Another product that I love for puffiness is the Clarence Cryo uh, Face Mask. I tried it and I was like, how does this work? Like, how is this going to make me less puffy? But, It just works. So if you are looking for a product you can throw on post-night of drinking, put that on and then the Skinny Confidential Ice Roller and I'm sure, sure you will see a difference. What are some products you would recommend for redness and rosacea? Rosacea is tricky, but there are some products that I can recommend. My sister-in-law actually has rosacea and once in a while she gets like a really bad flare-up and she said that... There is one product that has changed her life, and it is the Skin SkinCeuticals PhytoCorrective Mask. She said it literally cleared her rosacea flare-up, like, miracle vibes, and her dermatologist recommended it to her, and she was just, like, singing its praises. She didn't even know what SkinCeuticals was. Like, she had no idea it was one of the most reputable skincare brands on the market. But that mask is really great. The Jan Marini Rosalieve Com- Complex is also great. It's an amazing serum. It just like, I feel like if you struggle with redness, it's something you definitely want to check out. SkinCeuticals also has a phytocorrective serum. It's like a green serum. And that also helps with redness drastically. It's part of the same line as the mask that my sister in law was talking about. So those are some great products for redness. But overall, you just want to treat the skin barrier with grease when you're having a rosacea flare-up or dealing with redness. So if you're having a rosacea flare-up, avoid overexfoliating. I would probably not exfoliate altogether. Look for a moisturizer with ceramides. Dr. Jart has a great one. It comes in a yellow bottle. Um, so just focus on nourishing the skin. But candidly, I'm not a doctor, so I would also try to get into a dermatologist and talk to them about it. But you want to just Simplify your skincare routine and not overdo it with literally anything. A lot of questions on Botox alternatives, and I'm just going to be so for real. When you see something on TikTok or Instagram or whatever that's like Botox in a bottle, there's just no way. I'm sorry. Like, there is no way you can create the same effect as injecting your face with literal Botox in a skincare product. And I love skincare, but there's just, it's not going to happen. But anti aging, that's a different story. I can link to some products that are very much anti-aging, but if that's what you're talking about, I would just get a retinol, a good retinol. Make sure you're exfoliating in a frequency that works for your skin type. Like That's what's going to help encourage the skin cell turnover and keep you with like fresh, glowing, healthy-looking skin. But there's no such thing as Botox in a bottle. I'm sorry. I hate to be the bearer of bad news. That being said, I also got a question. How young is too young to start Botox? I don't think people need to be starting Botox any earlier than like 29, 30. I started it way too early and I regret it. I would not start it earlier than 29. And that's coming from me, someone who started it earlier than that. Like I'm going to be 29 next month but I just, I don't think it's necessary. And my skin, I think, has built up a tolerance or my body has built up a tolerance to Botox and it lasts for a shorter period of time now. So it's just, you can wait, trust me. Because once you start, you can't stop. What are your non-negotiables for skincare? For me, it's really just cleansing, like really making sure my skin is clean, exfoliating often, but not too often. And just keeping everything somewhat simple so that it's doable, because you have to be consistent in order for anything to work. Um, But as far as products go, I would say the Is Clinical Pro Heal Serum is a top three for me. The Mask Vivant by Biologie Crochet is a top three for me. And I think the Ole Henriksen Peptide Cream. I think that's like my top three right now. And my cleansing complex from Is Clinical. I just... And the active serum from Is Clinical. I'm sorry. And the Shawnee Darning Retinol Reform. I don't have a top three. Like, I need them all and I love them. And I just... I'm sorry. I'm not sorry. Someone asked for little skincare tips that matter. Change your pillowcase and wash your pillowcase frequently. We're on that thing for eight hours a night, hopefully. And stuff collects. So... Wash your pillowcases and make sure you're using a detergent that is not breaking you out. Don't rub your face on a towel ever. Like, seriously, so much bacteria builds up in bath towels. Like, please just do not rub a bath towel all over your face under any circumstances. Like, for the love of God. I love the Clean Skin Club towels, but those are definitely a luxury. You don't necessarily need them, but just let your skin air dry if anything. Like, please, just please, please don't rub a towel on your face. Also avoid washing your face in really hot water. Just try to go lukewarm. Really hot water can just kind of cause irritation and redness like you just you don't need to be washing your face in really hot water. The other random thing I would say is like everyone's asking like what, what products do I need? What new product is going to change my life? Stop overbuying new products. Instead, save your money and put that towards going to an esthetician and getting a facial. Like, no one is going to be able to tell you about your skin quite like an esthetician, especially if you don't have a ton of skincare knowledge already. Like, just save your money. Don't buy that extra product. Scale it back. Keep it simple and go see an esthetician and get a facial. Please. Someone said tips for exfoliating and retinol use while getting spray tans. To be honest, just scale it back then when you have a spray tan like exfoliate before and then while you have the spray tan don't like it's okay you're not gonna die if you didn't use it for a week I promise a lot of questions about Morpheus 8 IPL and I really don't know and I don't have a ton of background knowledge on those types of treatments so I'm not going to speak to them but if I learn more I will speak on them a lot of questions about super dry skin or tips for protecting your skin barrier. And if you're really dry, you really just want to be making sure that your moisturizer has something super nourishing like ceramides or squalene or peptides. And if you're thinking about incorporating an oil, I personally love that in the winter. A lot of people get scared of oils because they think, oh, I have oily skin or I don't want to break out, but that's not always the case with oils like oils aren't necessarily going to make you break out it's all about finding the right one i love the one from fortuna skin i mean it's cost a fortune but it's amazing but just look for something that is really nourishing i also will say when you're exfoliating just make make sure that you're following up the rest of your routine with very nourishing ingredients so that you don't strip the skin again you still want to exfoliate even if you're dry because the key to hydration is exfoliation so that those products can penetrate the skin but just find balance find nourishing ingredients and try an oil if you haven't already top three products everyone needs I would say if I had to just give a sweeping general blanket statement on top three products everyone needs, not knowing their skin type or their skin concerns, I would, I guess, just say cleanser, SPF, and vitamin C. I mean, because I don't know. I don't know the person's skin type. I don't know their age. So I guess I would just say cleanser, SPF, and, and vitamin C. Okay, that's all for today. I feel like I got to a lot of the questions and a lot of the points that I wanted to hit on, but I will definitely have more of these episodes as my school journey starts. I can't believe I start next week. If you guys didn't know, March 7th, I start my school journey to hopefully become a licensed esthetician in the state of New York. And I will be in school Monday through Friday, 9 to 5. It's going to be like a full-time job. So if I'm less active on social media or I have to skip some weeks of the podcast, please have grace for me. I am feeling really nervous. I'm really excited, but I am very nervous to be a student again and to be thrown into this kind of new uncharted territory. But I'm really looking forward to it, and this episode really got me in the mindset of certain things that I want to ask about and things that I don't know, things that I do know that I want to hone in on, and it just got me in the right mindset, so I'm really glad that I did this episode when I did, but I am recording a wedding episode tomorrow, and next week we are not going to have an episode, so we'll be back March 11th with that episode and more to follow. But I appreciate you guys. Thank you for all the feedback. If you feel called to leave a rating and a review wherever you're watching or listening, I would greatly appreciate it. I'm working on incorporating video. So a lot of improvements hopefully to be made. But again, I'm I'm just trying to have grace with myself as I do a lot of new things right now at this time in my life. But I appreciate you all and I hope you have a very nice day.